Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, then please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Another Happy Pod. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Another Happy Pod. I am joined again as per usual. Uh, this this is this won't get old. But this joke. Uh, we're joined by. Oh me, oh, I'm supposed to say you're my supposed name? to say your name. Yeah. Oh okay, we're joined by me, Nathan, um, the co-host of this podcast, who we're always joined by. But all right, um, I've got COVID. Anyway, we're also joined by Lawrence. Uh, today, Nathan, we're talking about The Last Jedi of games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very apt description, I would say, in both terms of name and um, and reaction. Thank you. Essentially. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought of that title. I've thought of that kind of intro <laughs> about two days ago, and I've been excited to let it loose. Um, Throw that I, one asked, I asked Nathan specifically if I could intro today. Uh, just so that I could let that one out. Uh, I was worried that you might have already thought of it, and I didn't want it to come out of your mouth. I <laughs> I didn't, actually. No, Good. it never occurred to me, so well done. You, <laughs> so the you credit got is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all yours. <laughs> A brilliant zinger from me. Um, so obviously, I, uh, we still haven't actually explained what we're talking about. Uh, today we're talking about The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, a game that has well and truly divided the fandom. Uh, the first game uh, was universally, I'd say pretty universally loved. Um, Naughty Dog kind of came out of nowhere. Um, uh, although they were doing the Uncharted games, they kind of yeah, they, pulled this game yeah. out of nowhere and uh, basically had an enormous impact on gaming as a whole, I think. I remember playing this and I distinctly remember the opening being like wow like really emotional way more emotion invested than i've ever had in a game i think absolutely the um the last of us the first one was the last game that i played on ps3 um before i made the switch to ps4 i remember i was i was at uh, university and i just went into the local game um and there was a pre-owned copy of The Last of Us, which wasn't actually pre-owned because it was one that came in like a bundle with a PlayStation, but someone just returned to the game because they didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was still classed as a pre-owned, and I got it quite cheap uh, because of that, but it was still essentially a brand new game. Check you out, little bargain hunter. Yeah, no, bargain <laughs> bargain hunter is massive. Um, so yeah, I took that home because I'd heard quite good things, but not played it myself. Uh, so I thought, yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's take it home. Um, and yeah, that first half an hour, that opening sequence, just oh my god, it just really got to me. And from there, I was just essentially hooked on it. Really, just fell in love. 
I'd recommend it if you ever feel like getting your heart ripped out. Uh, <laughs> definitely play the last, uh, the first half an hour of The Last of Us. Uh, but and then oh. if you feel like just being completely broken inside and having all of you destroyed as a person, play The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna basically go straight in, and I'm gonna say one thing to preface this, which I'm I'm sure you'll echo. Um, this game has. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to feel on it. A lot of people passionately love it or passionately despise it. It's it's very much a Marmite game for the whole world, essentially. Um, if you think this game is bad because you think it pushes some sort of an agenda, um, <laughs> we at Another Happy Pod would like to invite you to go away uh, and stop listening. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure Nathan would uh, echo that point. Yeah, the... Um... There is certainly a reaction to this game which I don't understand. Um, f- fair enough, I can understand, and obviously the spoiler warning has already gone out, um, so I can understand people being unhappy about a certain character death. I can absolutely understand that. What I can't understand is people calling this um, some kind of propaganda <laughs> And claiming it as like some sort of feminist, trans activist sort of gay rights storyline, just because it's a story which features women and gay characters and trans characters doesn't mean it's pushing an agenda, and it certainly doesn't mean it's propaganda. I wanna, I wanna cast your mind back to. Uh, the year that the DLC was released for The Last of Us uh, Part 1, or or just The Last of Us. Um, Ellie has been gay since the game was conceived. (laughs) Ellie is very gay, okay? Ellie has always been gay, okay? And even... Even before the DLC, in just the game The Last of Us, it's still a very gay game. There are gay characters in that game living in that world bill is a gay character bill and frank are kissing that is bill and frank are kissing but frank hates bill so they're still doing kissing i think frank's getting it where he can get it you know it's the apocalypse it's not time to be choosy shout out to my man bill yeah bill bill's a great guy um he's not actually he's a he's a a big dick um yeah he really was (laughs) uh, another thing uh this game surrounding its release had a metric shit ton of leaks um coming out that really really affected and hurt the game's sales um mainly because and and then still to be honest a lot of the people that we were speaking about previously that don't like this game because they think it's some sort of propaganda (laughs) um which is ridiculous in itself uh they're the people that haven't played the game because they didn't like where the story was going um, this game was ruined for a lot of people. Thankfully, Nathan and I stayed well away from any spoilers. Um, if you base your opinion on this game off of the fact that you read an article and it had a leaked screenshot and you haven't actually played the game with any context or know where those moments take place in the story, um, stop listening to this and go and play the game <laughs> and then maybe your opinions might change, I think. There's, there's something which you need... Um, and that is context, okay? You need to understand why that happens. And because I was the same. When that scene first happened, and I think you'll agree, okay, and we're just going to get right into this. Well, the game opens, well, kind of opens essentially with Joe being, Joel being killed. He yeah. is just straight up brutally murdered in what is uh, one of the most difficult scenes to watch because obviously we formed that relationship with Joel in the first game. We loved playing as that character, and with good reason as well. He's a great character. And yeah, he is absolutely brutally taken out in uh, the first two hours or so of the game. Yes, it's hard to watch. Yes, it's hard losing that favourite character of ours. I hated that. Not hated the choice. I didn't hate the story or anything like that. I just hated that I'd lost this character yeah um personally like like i wanted more moments with joel thankfully later in the game we do get them at that point i didn't know that though um and i i just wanted more joel that's that's not me saying though that i hated the story i wanted to see where it went obviously but i just hated that i had lost joel 
and I absolutely hated Abby because of that, because she was the one who delivered the blow. I and you're supposed already, to. Already. You are absolutely. The game is designed to make you hate this character at first. Of course, if she kills off the the protagonist of the first game of course you're going to have that reaction to her she is essentially the villain at this point so you're going to have that reaction to her but then you get context you find out why she did what she did later in the game you find and not only that then you play as her and you get to see everything from her perspective and that is where this game does such an amazing job because yeah, you absolutely despise Abby at first for what she did. And there are moments where that switch happens where you still don't want to play as her. Because even when I found out what, why she did what she did, even when I found out that Joel killed her dad and, and that's why she killed him, I understood it, but I still didn't want to play as her. But then the game goes on and you get to know the character better. You understand the way she's thinking and the way this has affected her for the past couple of years. And you're like, all right, I can't agree with what you did. But yeah, I understand it. I think towards the end of the game, Abby herself can't agree with what she did. There's a, The majority of her storyline or her um, kind of act of the game, so to speak, or her half really, uh, is based off of guilt. Her motivation is guilt. She yeah. feels that she's essentially become the monster she just killed. Um, but look, well, I, I, feel like, I feel like we're jumping ahead and I feel like that is going to be a lot of this podcast. It might be a little bit unstructured and messy. Before we dive massively into the story, um, let's just touch over the stuff that I think everyone universally can agree on. The graphics in this game are a uh, spectacle. They're beautiful. Oh my God. It's, it's, it looks like a next-gen game. Yeah. It looks like, like a PS5, Xbox Series X game. Like... The fact that this is running on my uh, first edition PS4 is a miracle, to be honest. And yeah, all right, he gets a little loud. He screams when it's playing. He whirls his fans like there's no tomorrow because he's struggling. But it still plays. Um, I just have to wear headphones while I play it, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful sound design. It's just a shame that I can't hear it uh, yeah. through my PS4. Um, how, Nathan, out, out of interest, how do you play this game? Are you a brash murder everyone in sight, or do you like to keep it stealthy? I like to keep it stealthy. I well, I try to, anyway. Um, I think I feel that when you try to rush in and just brutally murder everyone, I think that's when the game punishes you. And like, cause, cause you just in this game you just cannot charge at someone because you'll just get killed, you'll just get taken out, you'll just get shot in the face. It it won't let you do that. So you do have to take more of a stealthy approach. It's not like The Walking Dead where everyone's suddenly a um a weapons expert and can get headshots from sixteen miles away. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna miss your shot. Um, so yeah, you are gonna fuck up, but. Take another swing at it. Um, okay, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface the story element of this podcast by saying, uh, so the the trailer, uh, there was a second trailer for this uh, that dropped in 2017 with Abby. Obviously, we didn't know who Abby was at the time, and we didn't know who Lev or Yara were either. Um, yeah, I noticed a little thing that. <laughs> Everyone liked that trailer. Everyone really <laughs> liked Abby, Lev, and Yara, who have become the punching bags of this series. Uh, it really makes it clear that people are just mad at Abby because she killed Joel. Um, and there's a few fanboys that are crying about it, essentially. I, I really do think that's the only reason as well. Because I'll absolutely agree. When, Like I've already said, I hated Abby at first. I really did. I had no interest in playing as her. Um, after after she killed Joel anyway, I didn't want to get to know her. But then the game forced me to, and I'm thankful that it did, because I actually really like the character of Abby now. I like uh, her relationship with Lev. Um, the things she did for these people, who are essentially her enemies that she just met, like she sacrificed a lot for these two people as well. Like she put, She went through some shit for Lev and Yara, um, and she really didn't have to. Like, they were gone. They were out of her life. But she chose to go back and and, and get them, essentially. Um, 
and yeah the people who i don't want to paint everyone with a broad brush because i'm sure there are like legitimate criticisms that people have and it's not just the oh you killed joel don't like you it does that does seem to be a big part of what i can see online from it there from the reaction and everything like that and i just i just feel like they haven't really spent um like they haven't given it a fair chance really like you say they haven't uh, played the rest and got on that context if they have then fair enough you know i can't say i can't tell you to like a character i can only talk about my own experience and that is that yeah at first i'm with you i hated her but then as you learn more about her and as you learn the person she is and what she's willing to do and what she has done you can understand you don't have to forgive you don't have to um because ellie certainly doesn't but you can say all right let's move on yeah let's deal with it i think you've got i think you've got to respect the narrative um one thing uh that i wanted to touch on uh, or two things i suppose perspective of in in this game is such a a thing oh yeah you need to be able to look at it from a different point of view yeah if you can if you can watch civil war which is a pretty well kind of received movie um and you can understand how perspective is important in civil war you should have no trouble grasping this game a hundred percent it's a pretty simple story told a little bit confusingly if that makes sense it is told confusingly but i think that's on purpose that's massively oh yeah on purpose um if the last of us the first game was about abby and owen and uh, her father and if you was following these characters throughout that game and then you get to salt lake city or whatever and then you you're working at the hospital and then suddenly you know, you find out that there's someone who could possibly cure and end this crazy disease that's destroyed the entire world, essentially. And then, at the end of it all, there was some insane older man who came through, he killed all your friends, he killed your dad, um, and then he took the one chance you had at, uh, at saving the world and making things back to normal and taking her from you and just essentially making sure that the world was permanently left in this state you'd fucking hate him you'd absolutely yeah. you'd, you'd hate him and you'd absolutely want uh, to you'd be on Abby's side when she went through to to Jackson to do what she did it's all about perspective like like I I think I said to you when I first played it uh Joel is the protagonist of the story that we know but he's the villain of the story we don't. He's the villain of Abby's story because he is. He is absolutely the villain, just the same way that Abby is the villain uh, when we, uh, for the first like two or three hours of this game or whatever. It's all about perspective. Yeah. What did you What did you think about the marketing of the game? Because I this is where I can really sympathise with some of the people that were ticked off when they bought it. Uh, I can I can I can see where they're coming from because the marketing kind of took like the like the Marvel approach and that it, it changed it it like took out scenes or it changed scenes specifically for the marketing so they didn't spoil plot points in the game and and there was one trailer as well like the very first trailer was just a complete fabrication like the, it's just not a scene yeah it's not in the movie. no it's just uh, it's not in the game yeah so. it's not a scene in the game at all i'm not sure if that would have been at some point and it was taken out or whatever or it was simply just for the trailer and that was it i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah there is trickery and and everything going on with the marketing but i think that for me it worked out for the better though because like i didn't want to be spoiled on this story i didn't no like yeah. in the in the trailer there's um well let's just say this the the first trailer that you not the first trailer sorry the second trailer um uh, not even the second trailer like the third one where it shows you more of the gameplay and everything like that uh where you see ellie in seattle and everything like that that the way the trailer is framed is that it makes you think like dina is the one who's killed it very much sets it up like she's the one who's been killed and then ellie goes on this uh, revenge story and and basically takes out all these people who killed dina that's the way you'd set up because even the moment where ellie is riding into seattle at the beginning on the horse with dina on her back in the trailer that's just ellie there's no dina there 
Um, and then obviously there's the big moment, which which probably caused the biggest reaction, the moment in the trailer where you see Joel, um, and in the game that's actually Jesse, a, a new character as well. Like I said, it just works out for the better, because if I had known going into this game that Joel dies um, and that you're essentially going on the revenge, sure, I'd be... I'd play it, I'd be excited to play it, but I'd feel a little bit disappointed that I already knew that information. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I see that, yeah. I mean, I think there's ways of doing it to get around it. Like, if it was me... So, for example, I think I think Naughty Dog, what they've done with this game is, is so impressive. It really is, and I commend them for taking such a bold, big swing. Because for the people that enjoy the game... <laughs> sorry about that. Um, it's for the people that enjoyed the game it paid off tenfold like it's brilliant yeah. um for the people that didn't like it it's not for you fair enough if you've given the game a fair stab and kind of given it a shot then you know just it kind of just sucks that you 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 weren't a fan of it but i feel like naughty dog were a little bit deceiving i feel like they they were very loud and proud in the game and the trailer was very much so this is more of exactly what you guys wanted do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I feel like there was a little bit of deception there, and I feel like a lot of people were ticked off because, like, uh, while I do get that Marvel do the same thing where they specifically remove things from shots and hide things, they don't straight up lie to you about what the story's like gonna be. I feel like Naughty Dog made a very conscious effort to completely sell you something different to what you got, and I like what they were selling, and I like what I got. And I like the fact that those surprises were hidden, but I can see why people would be annoyed because it wasn't what they were expecting at all. I see, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, uh, again, at the end, it just comes down to though, um, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, sure, there would have been ways to to set, to sell the marketing in a different, to sell this game in a different way, and to frame the marketing around another story. marketing to make you think that he's a big enough presence in the game um because he he is he is in the game and he he does have a, a decent enough presence but compared to the first one it's extremely reduced like he is oh yeah massively yeah. in a much smaller role in this one for, for obvious reasons but i think i think there's a way they could have hidden him which they did for a lot of you have to let's be honest for a lot of the marketing like like endgame did with the name in the trailer they, they didn't no one said it it wasn't a big thing and people were hyped to see joel i don't know why it became that way yeah but it did it just became kind of one of them marketing tropes that is done um and they hid joel for the right amount i just think they missed the mark with the third one where they started changing his age in the flashbacks to make it look like the present day um and they they started changing the um that when they when they put uh, him in Jesse's place, I yeah. feel like that was a little bit too far. I would have mind. I wouldn't have cared if they kept Joel on the backbench, uh, and and then when people said, "Oh, they're they're either hiding him for marketing purposes or he's just dead," <laughs> which he is. I, yeah, I see um, what you're saying. I wouldn't have minded that. Absolutely, I see what you're saying. Um, let me just ask you this though. Obviously, before you played the game, you saw that trailer. So the moment where the hand reaches around and it grabs Ellie in your head that's joel okay so you know that's joel what was going through your head when you saw that moment in the game before the jesse reveal when i saw the moment in in the, in game, the actual game in the actual game itself like did you what what were you thinking was you thinking is this going to be joel oh i knew it wasn't going to be i knew it wasn't going to be joel because joel was dead at this point right okay like, but uh I, and I, I think a part of me knew that it was going to be Jesse. And I was very happy to see Jesse in that segment of the game. I think yeah. Jesse's a great character. I really, really like him. I like Jesse too. However, that moment just felt a little bit detracted because when Jesse did his whole, oh, you thought I was going to let you do this on your own, it's an amazing moment for Jesse. Yeah. So don't, don't make me think less of it because I was preempting Joel. Just give Jesse that fair opportunity, if that makes sense. I, I, yeah, all right. I see what you're saying because, and and earlier when I said I think they knew as well. What I mean by that, in that moment in the game, like it's a very, it's not a huge amount of time, but in terms of like anticipation, I guess because we've seen it in the trailer, 
it seems it feels like a very long time that you're just focused on Ellie before the camera cuts to Jesse. It feels like it, it, they intentionally know that they have seen that the player has seen that with Joel. So we're just going to make you wait that little bit longer. Wonder who it's going to be. Wonder if it's going to be some sort of uh, fix fixture of Ellie's imagination, or if it's going to be someone else. Because it is quite a long time until the camera does cut back to Jesse. Oh, it is. It's, it's a conscious choice to linger with with Ellie. Definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. No, I, like I say, I think I just think the marketing for this game. And don't get me wrong, like the, I'm not. I hope I'm not coming across as like kind of not appreciating it. I like the fact that they hid a large portion of the game. I like the fact that playing as Abby was a complete shock. I'm fine yeah. with that. I just feel like they did a little bit of extending the truth, maybe a bit too much when it came to Joel's active presence in the movie. Uh, in the game, sorry. Um, but anyway, look, let's 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 move on to the story because for me, this is a near perfect game, and I know you would echo that. I know you love this. I would say, I would, I probably would say it's a perfect game in my opinion. Um, yeah. For my favorite game, uh, for as long as well for the past ten years or so. Anyway, I've I've always said is Assassin's Creed Two. Um, because for me personally, there's just never been a game I've connected with that much. Like I played that game over and over again. I must have played that like 10, 15 times or something over the years. I've played it. It's a great game. It's a great game and I absolutely loved it. Now though, I think I've, I do think that this has taken its place. I do think the, the last of us part two, has now taken that top spot of my favorite game ever. Um, and what, that, what is it that you, what is it that you like about it? So it's um, the story is the main part of it. The story, um, story of a gameplay is the main part of me, and I can see why people have problem with that because they're playing a game, not watching a movie. I get that, um, but for me, I need a good story to get engrossed with a game as well. And that that's one of the reasons I really liked Assassin's Creed 2 so much as well, because it really did have uh, a great story, uh, which I connected that's an to. Epic story it really, right there, it yeah. really is, yeah. Um, but yeah, this there was just something about the story and the turns it took me on, and the way that the story itself was told. Like I said, context being a really big part of it, because you spend a lot of this game. Um, feeling one way and hating certain characters and everything like that and then in the middle obviously there's the shift and you're hesitant about getting to know this new character but then slowly and, and probably reluctantly as well you do start to like her um, and then they introduce you know Lev who is a, a great character as well and everything like that um, but I think this this certainly isn't a game which holds your hand, okay? I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not an easy game to play. Not in terms of, like, gameplay difficulty or anything like that. I mean, in terms of, like, the stuff you do in the story. Because there are moments which you just straight up don't want to do. There's, like, choices in the game that you have to make which you absolutely do not want to do at all. Like, at one point, the game forces you to try and kill Ellie which obviously you don't want to do, but you have to. Like, there's in a scene where you are Abby, essentially straddling Ellie and choking her out, and you have to do that for a really long time. You have to keep pressing square. And Oh, and it fails you if you don't. Yeah, if exactly. If you do anything else, it will just say, it, Ellie will just get up and shoot yeah, you or something. Exactly. She'll kill you, yeah. You, you have to do that. And there was a lot of that time where I was playing that, like, oh, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to be in this position right now and the, the, I can't really explain it but there's just some reason why that connected with me I, like, I can't explain why that had an effect, why that had the effect it did on me but overall the story itself just really really got to me and by the end of it when I'd, when I'd played out the full game and the whole story had come to a conclusion and everything like that, I I was, tr excuse my language, I was truly fucking broken because it is not a story that wraps up nicely. It is not a story where the characters have a happy ending. The last sort of gameplay sequence that you have, the fight between Ellie and Abby at the boats, you don't want to do that. 
you absolutely they're both just so fucking broken and just consumed by their own thoughts of of both revenge and survival that neither of them want this but it's just something that they feel like they have to do ellie more so than abby at that point yeah and you watch um that's one of the big things for me because one of my biggest issues is this uh, of this is when um I've I read online quite a few people think that this story has lazy writing. Now, that's something I want to touch on a little bit because, for me, this is the furthest from lazy writing that has ever been put into a game, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Do I think the story is the best paced? No. Do I think the structure, narratively speaking, is the best choice for the game to serve every character properly? No, not at all. But the story that they're telling within that narrative is world-class, in my opinion. Like, the fact that Ellie is consumed by vengeance for a man that, let's be honest, was straight up a murderer. Like, really Joel was, is yeah. not a good man. And that's I know that's been kind of memed on a little bit. And people saying, oh, you know, Joel wasn't a good man. Like, and that's the sole argument for why the story is good. It's not. Joel, the, the reason I think the story is good is because Joel's not a good man. Ellie was mad at him for it. And then in avenging the man that Ellie was mad at, i.e. Joel, she becomes possibly even more of a homicidal maniac than Joel. Ellie does some truly fucking terrible things in this game. There's the, the, the scene where uh, she kills... Um, what's her name? Mel, Mel, yeah, the scene where she kills Mel, and like, at first you don't realise, yeah, Owen, at the beginning of the game Owen does say Mel's pregnant, but that was a long time ago, but by you get to that that time in the gameplay, in terms of gameplay sequence anyway, that is quite like a good few hours ago, uh, so you've, I've certainly forgotten all about that, and she's wearing a large coat, it's covered up, you cannot tell she's pregnant but then, Owen's, la- Owen's dying words are, she's pregnant and then just the moment where she unzips the jacket and Ellie is just fucking broken because she has just killed a pregnant woman and her baby. It's, ah, oh, there's just something about it. Well, it resonates because Dina's pregnant as exactly. well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. same time, yeah. But then there's the moment as well, like you said, with Nora, the Nora's death is fucking brutal. And that is, Nora taunts you with Joel's death, like she says, like, um that little bitch got what he deserved or something like that um so so yeah you're angry yeah you want to kill her and you can understand why ellie did what she did but she just like i think it's like a lead pipe or something that she uses and just mercilessly beats her until ellie is essentially soaked in her blood and then she's trembling with what she did and by that's a great way it does yeah you see it entirely like the camera is entirely focused on ellie as as she swings the pipe and you only see well, what, blood splurting. What I'll say about that moment is, you know when a game as violent as The Last of Us 2 cuts away? Yeah. <laughs> what, is it, what is implied to have happened yeah. must have been horrific. And like that's a game that also gave you a close-up of a man's brains being pulled out with a golf club. Like This is, this is a game that is very much so going to... Uh, take what you love and purposely destroy it for the name of like passionate storytelling. Oh, they've got 100%, they've got yeah. a story they really really want to tell. Yeah, and the story is you know it's framed as a revenge piece. It's framed as um, this kind of big arc where Ellie goes and there's even a moment where I think Dina says three down right, and Ellie's like yeah three down. Yeah, and that's early on in the game, and you have this moment where you think that what's the plot of the game is going to be Ellie just tracking them down until you finally get to Abby, the big bad boss. Yeah. And you have the battle and then Ellie either kills her or doesn't kill her, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then, then the game flips and you become Abby and then you're forced, like you say, you're forced to play as someone you really don't want to play with. And I, um, I have my own reservations about Abby. I think as a character, I feel like they did a lot of, um, they did a lot of damage control with her. I feel like there was a lot of, um, look at her being nice to all the dogs you just murdered as Ellie. Like, isn't she so much better of a human being? And while I while I couldn't really get past that for a while, I know exactly what the game's trying to do, but it doesn't stop me... Like, I'm playing as her, so when she dies, I'm dying, and it's annoying. So I, I naturally empathise with her, and the game really shifts its narrative and becomes about about forgiveness, 
which I think a lot of people couldn't handle because the revenge that you were so badly seeking was for a character that everyone loved. And because you don't get that revenge, a lot of people were upset, but I loved it. I thought it was such a refreshing take. I um I com- I completely agree with what you're saying. Um I don't necessarily think that um the moment where you're like playing fetch with the dogs or anything like that. I don't think that's specifically to show that Abby's a nice person. I I think that's more just um showing you things from the wolf's perspective like this is a community that they have and this is their day-to-day life and you know these dogs that you just spend the last few hours murdering they're just dogs man they're just they like to play fetch they like to run around you know it doesn't doesn't matter that they were mauling for your neck (laughs) (laughs) massacre you (laughs) yeah don't you feel bad they're just nice dogs but it did make me feel bad like there's the moment where um you're You're a weak man Nathan (laughs) (laughs) you're too weak I am I'm a beta cuck. Um, yeah, there's there's the moment where you like you get to um like as Abby you get to like the the wolf regroup point or something. Um and then you're playing and then you meet the dog who goes off to the hospital with Nora and it's the same dog you was playing catch with earlier and then you're like, "Oh, I totally killed that dog as Ellie." Oh no. And worst thing is, when you're Ellie, you feel really great about... Like, I know everyone's like, oh, I don't want to kill the dogs. I, I murdered those dogs, dogs, man. I fucking... Yeah. Th- those were annoying, those dogs. <laughs> Mate, one of, the, one of the dogs I encountered, mm. I got, I like, got close to it, specifically with the intent on my, like... It was often about my third death in the hospital sequence with Ellie. Yeah. And there was a dog that kept revealing my position, because I was trying to do the whole thing still. I got close to this dog, and I... I brutally massive <laughs> and I'm and do you know what I was glad I did and then after that like you say yeah I did have that moment where I went oh man I did kill the dog <laughs> but I, I do think that was like I, I know it was to show the community but I do also think that was heavily playing on the whole like Abby's a good person, really, guys. Like she, the first time you play as Abby, you save a zebra with a with her dad that is uh, like I, uh, injured itself. It may it's no, a writing but that's, technique. That's called save the cat. Like, that's more her dad though than Abby. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, what did you think about the um, the shift? Because the fireflies um, base in the in the beginning, uh, in the first game, was grimy dirty gross and in this game i know it's you've got the excuse of improved graphics but in this game it's like a pristine we were gonna make the cure kind of (laughs) (laughs) kind of base um yeah i i don't i just think there was a little bit of damage control but it didn't detract for me like i i still really got on board with abby's story and i actually think she had some of the better and more enjoyable set uh set pieces of the game like the whole invading the Seraphi Island was. That's that is a great it. sequence. Yeah, um, one thing I just wanted to quickly touch on um, uh, in a in a sequel uh, to an already established great video game. I don't I don't think you're necessarily um, really that excited to get on board with new characters. Like you you usually want to focus on the characters you know and see how they've changed and what they're doing now and everything like that. Um but there was there is quite there are quite a few uh, new characters in this game. Um not just ones you play as but then there's Dina and Jesse and, and everyone else like that. Uh what did you think of those characters and, and Lev and everyone else like that? With Yara, uh weirdly enough when I know a character is almost certainly gonna die um, I I still like to empathise with them. A lot of people think that's wasting the player's time. I don't. I liked Yara a lot. Uh, I think Lev is a brilliant kind of counterpart to, to Ellie in the first game. Um, and I really, really enjoyed the dynamic. I, I think it's a little bit like... I, I, I think the comparison between Le- um, Abby and Lev and Ellie and Joel um, is a little bit like overused i think they rely on it a little bit but not to say when i was playing with them too i i still really enjoyed it there's the moment that i actually is when i first experienced it in the game i actually texted you i remember uh there's the really nice moment where abby says the line lev says they're your people and abby goes you're my people and yeah i i love that moment i thought it was brilliant i, I do like that line that's a great moment Dina, Dina, I, I really really enjoyed Dina. i think she had a nice level of like 
basically it's very easy when you're especially when you're in like an open world of which there is a moment of it being this massive expansive world in Seattle um at that segment when you're kind of you I suppose you're a couple of days or weeks into the the quest to find Abby yeah um I really enjoyed the relationship between them because that that sequence very easily could have got monotonous and boring if you weren't with someone that was going to give you some good conversation and Dina was and then as for Jesse um Jesse is my the one biggest thing that I it's not that I don't like about the game Jesse for me is the game's biggest wasted potential um I really love Jesse I think Jesse was a brilliant character and to have him killed for shock value and then kind of never mentioned again I thought was really disheartening okay all right fair enough where are you at with it because i can see i can see you somewhat i think you i think you're half on board with what i've said but you disagree with some of it no so where, I'm, where's the disagreement i'm mostly on board i wouldn't necessarily say jesse was killed for shock value um i've um well, maybe, i guess because it was kind of a shocking moment but mm. i think i think there's a difference between a shocking moment and shock value the the the, the reason that made it feel shock valuey for me uh was because like yeah, in this realistic scenario, Abby sees someone charging out the door with a gun pointed to her. She's just going to cap him. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Like, she would do that. And I feel like it's very in tune with her character. But at the same time, <laughs> there's. I think Ellie goes, Jesse. And then he's never, ever, ever mentioned again for the rest of the game. I think he is mentioned. I think he is. He is mentioned in um, in the later sequence of the house with Jesse and uh, sorry, with Ellie and Dina. And the baby is he what what's said yeah i think um they ellie says something to jj about how something he's like he's like his dad or something like that that i'm pretty sure he's mentioned at some point there um okay. but yeah not a, definitely not a huge thing um it, yeah i guess i guess when i think of like a death of shock value i m- more think of it in terms of like something in game of thrones or something something which doesn't really have any substance and it's just there to to say oh we we can kill your favorite characters because that's what we do on this show um, in, in the later in the later seasons of game of thrones yeah i completely agree with that yeah yeah and I, I guess that's more what i'm saying here um i don't know it, it just didn't really hit me that way but fair enough fair enough I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you um dina i absolutely loved dina was probably my favorite addition to this game uh her relationship with ellie um was just in- incredible really you can really see why those two uh, connected with each other and why they mm, why yeah. they were together because clearly they had chemistry as awkward as it was like in the beginning moments and like you know Ellie's clearly not used to this she's clearly um not used to the whole flirting thing and being in a relationship or anything like that Dina obviously it comes a lot more natural to her she's a lot more of a flirty character she likes to have fun well, They've also grown up like Dina, um, Dina and Jesse, who were in a relationship prior yeah. to the game beginning, and then they'd broken up kind of before the events had started. Yeah, um, they've grown up in this kind of um, in this sheltered Jackson. I know, I know they're both kind of like still hardened survivors. Yeah, but that's because they go on runs. And they know at the end of every night they're going to go home to their bed behind like <laughs> I don't know how high walls, heavily armed, heavily guarded and protected. Whereas Ellie, for the better part of what, like uh, a year, has been just on the run, like and having a very difficult time. So she's probably, yeah, not used to that kind of, like she probably doesn't have the time for that normally. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, you're right. There are moments in the game though where it does touch on Dina's past, and I think there was like some tragedy before she got to Jackson because they did mention that her sister was killed. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, because she did say like if she ever got a chance to find the the son of a bitch who killed her sister, she'd do the same or something like that. Um, and yeah, they did like touch on her, like she used to live in New Mexico and that sort of thing. Um, so there are elements there, but yeah, I definitely don't think it's as intense as as what Ellie went through or anything like that. Um, no, when you when you think about Ellie's 
like the solo kind of bit and a little bit into the DLC as well of the first game. The yeah. stuff that Ellie had to do by herself as a child. Was oh yeah, ridiculous. It, it yeah. really was. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but the relationship between Dina and Ellie probably one of my favorite parts of this game, um, and that's why it broke me so much at the end as well. Like because I could understand why. Ellie felt the need to do what she did like she's clearly so affected by what happened like there's a very hands-on moment where you see the trauma that she still has and you see how much it is still affecting her Uh, and then she mentions to Dina like she can't sleep she can't all she thinks about is Joel being killed and the fact that she's still out there and she still hasn't been brought to justice it's eating away at her and then i don't know if you ever if you've like read the journal in the game because there's ellie's journal i i so i haven't did it on this i haven't done it so much on the second playthrough but the first time i was doing it every time i saw her scribble away if it was like i saw her write her drawing like or copy in a picture i wouldn't yeah there were some times where i checked in on it and some of the stuff is like raw emotional it really is yeah and if if you read the journal like in that end sequence as well um like when they're at the farmhouse then like it mentions like she went when she went hunting she had to like take a moment because she just had like a traumatic episode and everything like that and it's just something that's really clearly eaten away at her but yeah like when you're like still in seattle and then one of my absolute favorite moments of the game is it's not even a mandatory moment as well like you could play the game without ever experiencing this moment and that's just bizarre to me um but the moment in the music store where Ellie plays Take On Me. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and brilliant. Yeah, just the moment where Dina is just sat on the floor just watching her with this look of adoration, essentially. Um, it's just really nice to, to like take a moment in a, in a game which is so full-on, which is so brutal, and you know, you're holding people and cutting open their throats, and then you're beating a pregnant woman to death or whatever. It's just, it's nice to like take a moment and just enjoy a, like a genuine loving relationship. Um, the Last of Us Two is really good at balancing that. It really well. is, yeah. Especially, especially in the Ellie sections of the game. Do I do I think that Owen and Owen and Abby are as as uh, emotionally invested as Ellie and Dina? Absolutely oh, not. Definitely not. not but I, but yeah, exactly. And I think that's one hundred percent intentional, though. Like. There, there's a reason why that relationship didn't last and and clearly they're not as like as connected as Ellie and Dina are um, but I, I think though a big part of why that relationship didn't last though is kind of the same thing why Ellie's and Dina's broke apart in the end of the game it's because Abby was too consumed with finding Joel and everything like that and it just kind of destroyed their relationship the exact same thing with Ellie and Dina, it's really. It's the whole. It's the classic. Um, it's the classic kind of uh, revenge uh, story tropes, and they're, they're tropes because they work. Yeah. Is the whole um, like the obsession, almost the pushing away everyone you love, not using any kind of sense of your best logic, because you're just so overly consumed with the idea of doing what you need to do to it's not for joel like towards the end of the game like ellie's it's not joel joel wouldn't want it joel wouldn't want that there is no no part of of joel's character which would make me believe he would want ellie to do what she did he he just wouldn't not at all um and and i think that's why the ending is so effective for me because you don't kill abby you just let her go all right, you just let her go. You let her and Lev get away on the boat. Be- and I think, like, she went, Ellie, she went through all of that. She traveled the country. First of all, she went to Seattle. She lost one of her friends. Um, Tommy got really badly fucked up um, to the point where he can hardly he got walk. got his eye shot out. Yeah, he got his eye yeah. shot out, yeah. Um, and he, like, walks with a permanent limp now or something. Um, she lost and he lost everything as well he lost Maria he lost Maria um, and then as well um, Ellie had a family she had a a new life with uh, Dina and JJ an adorable baby by the way Um, and she gave that up she destroyed it she pushed them away but then for what because she didn't even get the vengeance she didn't even get the moment where she could kill Abby and end it all. She just let her go. 
and then she has to go back to the farmhouse and then it's empty and you're just walking around these empty rooms there's no sign of Dina there's no sign of JJ but then there's just all of yours or Ellie's stuff just packed away in a corner and you're left uh, kind of thinking I thought the the ending of the game is both heartbreaking and massively impactful because yeah. it kind of ties up any ha- possible happy ending because the logical thing to say there would be or oh, Ellie's just going to go back to Jackson and probably live out her days as a as a kind of an echo of Joel a, yeah. uh, a kind of just this lady that no one's going to speak to because she's a nutcase yeah. um, and she'll murder you as easy as look at you uh, but then that that can't happen because you know that Tommy's just gone there and Ellie knows she's not welcome back at Jackson because Tommy thinks that you know like the fact that Ellie said she's not gonna go and kill her um, has annoyed Tommy and then when Ellie does go and find her and then misses the chance to kill her on purpose yeah she would either have to create a lie that was the sole reason of the breakdown of relationship between Joel and Ellie in the first place yeah which she wouldn't do um or she would go and have to tell Tommy and Tommy wouldn't accept it just like Ellie couldn't do you I know think, what I mean I I don't necessarily think that Tommy would reject her from going back to Jackson uh, I, I I don't think he'd be best pleased about it he absolutely no, but I feel wouldn't. like Ellie wouldn't. Ellie that's, just wouldn't. Do that's it what I'm saying. Because though. of Tommy. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that Ellie is going back to Jackson. I don't feel like, in Ellie's point of view, there's nothing at Jackson for her anymore. Yeah, sure, there's safety, there's walls and everything like that. But I don't think Ellie really cares too much about that anyway. She doesn't really need it. Let's no, be <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Um, but yeah, I think Ellie's just going off somewhere to start her own life essentially which is fucking heartbreaking I want her to be with Dina I want her to have that happy life as much as you can in that world with with JJ uh, and Dina um, and the fact that she threw all that away it's it's really heartbreaking um, and then as well uh, the moment the one thing the game does quite well as well it's the breaking up um, of sequences where you see Joel because like I said he is in the game very sparingly and they use him at different points um, throughout for, for the, for the game's length and, and I think that just works so well because he always comes in at a pivotal moment really because like the first the first time he comes in uh, again in the flashback after his death it's Ellie's birthday sequence the flashback after the first day Um that is an amazing sequence. There's some great moments in that in that sequence. But the one that stood out the most to me is the last time you see Joel um, towards the end of the game. Um, the one where they have that moment of maybe possibly reconnecting. Because by that oh, point... It broke my heart. It's the same, man. Because by that point, you've, yeah. you've unfurled the full story. You know that Ellie found out about the lie. You know that their relationship is basically non-existent. You know that Ellie is just basically ignoring him and they don't have anything to do with her. As much as Joel doesn't want that, he respects that. And and they don't really have that relationship anymore, which in itself is heartbreaking. There are there are two reasons. Uh, there are, sorry, not not reasons. There are two moments uh, in the whole franchise you see Joel cry. Yeah. One is the death of Sarah, his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and two, he just stops himself choking up when oh, he, when Ellie says that she wants the relationship with him, and he kind of chokes him a little bit, yeah. and then he says. I'd like that. Oh man, that gets um, that gets me, man. It really does. It's just yeah. It's it's the mo. It's not even that. It's like the moment where he's playing guitar in the chair, um, and then he just looks up and sees her, and you can just see the look on his face, like just how happy he is, even if she despises him. She's came here to tell him off because of what he did with um Sid or whatever his name is, that guy who called Elliot Dyke, um. She's basically here to tell him off for getting too involved and everything like that. Um, but he's still really happy to see her because he still effect- essentially thinks of her as, as his daughter. He can't help but seeing her as as his daughter, which makes sense. That's the whole point of the first game. She's essentially a surrogate for Sarah. That's the whole point of the first game, really. 
Um, but then that moment, like you say, where she's saying, um, well, she says she was supposed to die and everything would be okay and blah, 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 whatever. Um, and I'll never forgive you that, but maybe I can start to. And and then the music swells, then, you know, the guitar strings are going. Um, and then, like you say, Joel does have that moment of almost breaking down and, that's 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 another thing to touch on as well, by the way. The music in this game is fucking so breathtaking. Good. It's so good. I I don't know the name. I can't remember the name of the composer, and I probably couldn't pronounce it even if I had it in front of me now. Um, no, yeah. But shout out to that guy, man, because he is fucking incredible. He. I, I feel. I feel it's. <laughs> I feel it's so like. I feel it's sadly disrespectful. I can't pronounce his name. But I I know his name by by seeing. Yeah, and I recognize his work. Yeah, yeah, I um, know what you mean. Yeah, um, I just don't want to do him a further disservice by butchering his name. Essentially, um, but no, he's like days after this game came out, I would find myself like I'd be at work and I'd just have the score on in the background. Yeah, it's such a and it's such what it what I love about it is it's so simple. It re- it's, it's it's mainly it's just, guitar just guitar strings. Guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's brilliant. Um, we are we are coming up close to where we'd normally wrap this up. Right. With this game, I don't think there's kind of ever really enough time to summarize everything no. because a, a, a like an hour long podcast. Um, talking about this game cannot possibly do justice <laughs> to the massive, expansive story. Yeah. Um, but we're going to try to. What What are your favourite moments of this this whole thing? Uh, one of my favourite moments is, like I said, uh, the birthday sequence with Ellie. Um, like the f- the first flashback you have, um, in particular, the moment where you get inside the spaceship, um, and Joel gives her the the audio tape of like the 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 launch of the shuttle, um, and that obviously like it goes back to the moment in the DLC where you you're playing the game as Ellie, um, and obviously there's no game playing because there's no power or anything like that. Yeah, so it's kind of it like it's obviously touching back on the moment in the the DLC left behind where she's playing the game, and it, it is sort of in the same sort of style there, um, but there's. Uh, I guess it's just the imagination of it, really, because obviously this is someone who has grown up in a world where she couldn't, you know, just... Well, she can watch a movie, I guess, but she can't do it in the same way we can, really. It's it's a, very much a luxury, very much, you know, like once-in-a-while sort of thing. Um, so, obviously, like a moment like that where she can imagine that she's on a rocket going into space, that's going to mean a lot to her. Um and that just again just something that shows you the relationship between Joel and Ellie where yeah at that point in the story it may be rocky there may be some unspoken things between them which neither of them are mentioning at that point but this there's, there's still that father and daughter dynamic well that's that's the real that's the one of the real reasons i really really like that moment as well because there's the moment um it's kind of like it proves because throughout the first game, Joel is very much a, he doesn't say a lot. And I mean, I know he's like has a, a fair amount of lines, but he's very reluctant to open up and be honest and and like kind of have a open dialogue. Yeah. Really. Um, and also like the the fact that it's not only is it a dinosaur museum, it's a space museum. Two of what the player knows are very much so Ellie's bread and butter of interests. Like she loves that kind of shit. Um, and it shows that Joel has always been listening. Like it, it shows that he one hundred percent realizes he's not. He's, he doesn't miss the mark and like just get her some like kind of like doll or something like that that Ellie would never want. Um, he gets uh, something that he knows that she would like. And then even then, like he has that really adorable dad moment where he's like, "Oh, you don't like it? We can turn around, <laughs> we can go." And she's like, "Shut up, man! Like, well, I'm gonna. I love this." Um, for me, mm-hmm. one of my favorite. It's, I, I don't suppose it's really a favourite moment. I, I love the gameplay in this. I think the gameplay in this game is some of the most like well-realised combat in any game I've played. And like you say, it really does feel like a next-generation uh, title. Um, and it, I very much so look forward to playing it on the PS5 <laughs> um, just to see what kind of updates and the controllers and how, it's, how it will all work. But, like killing people 
has never felt so fun, <laughs> ever, <laughs> is what I'll say. Um, yeah, there are some like really brutal takedowns that you can do, and um, like you can jump off like a ledge onto someone while swinging an axe or something like that, and there are some really cool takedowns that you can do. I'm not skilled enough to do anything like that, that's why I just usually do stealth and everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I like to keep it stealth, but one of the one of the massive things I appreciate about this game is that it just feels so desperate. Yeah, the it really combat does. Is exactly like if you dropped me into an action game, me as I am <laughs> a regular guy, you drop me in, and and I suddenly have twenty people that want to kill me. I am swinging, <laughs> like, and that is it. And it, it is it's just mindless, aimless firing of bullets. Yeah, and it's not just. It's not like there's no like bullet time kind of like you like you said earlier you're not a sharpshooter you're a you're an idiot with a gun and you only have a set amount of bullets as well so you have to make the shots that you do have like you've got a gun with three bullets good luck I've I've I found myself often like when I I do a I do a like a pass of the of the section or like the encounter as they call it yeah. Um, and then I'd find myself like being really annoyed with the amount of bullets I wasted, and I'm like, I'm doing that again. <laughs> um, but look, so I think we've kind of articulated how we feel about it. I I really like the game. I know you do too. Um, but as always, Nathan, it's the classic time where we have to sum it up uh, in the most pointless rating system that ever did exist. <laughs> Uh, what kind of pod was this for you? Uh, well, no surprise. This was a ecstatic, jubilant, uh, happy, joyful, all around good time. Except it made me feel like shit. Pod. Nice. Uh, for me, this was a a depressive pod, but not for the reasons you'd think. Uh, I very much enjoyed being beaten down by this game. Um, it was a it was a breathtaking, stunning visually impressive beautiful tragic pod yeah, yeah i think i think uh, that's one of the important things about this game if you just want something light-hearted and breezy and something to kill the time for a few hours and maybe something to play with your friends definitely stay the fuck away from this game okay you yeah. will not feel good playing this game this is intense emotional and it destroys you from the inside if you connect with the story i guess um yeah it's it's kind of like that feeling when you watch an episode of black mirror i guess or black back when it was good anyway oh, that emptiness yeah that emptiness and it's just inside, like yeah. oh everything is just shit and broken and <laughs> oh. <laughs> i am um, i would i would thoroughly recommend if you've had a really bad day let's say your boss has been a dick or your mate has really annoyed you and you just want to let some anger out yeah go and play the hillcrest section of this game <laughs> um and if you if you have played the game you'll know exactly why that will just relieve all of your anger yeah um or if you want to play it stealthy it'll probably just end up winding you up even more so yeah probably. Um, but yeah. listen that was our opinions on the last of us part two um i really hope you didn't listen to this for the spoilers um if you haven't played it or if you've given it a little bit of a go and then you kind of got disheartened because you thought that Abby was going to throw <laughs> throw uh, political correctness at you until you died, um, I'd recommend giving it a go and just kind of go against the, the hate of this game. It's so easy to bash on things. Um, and this movie... Game. Yeah, it's like a game, sorry. God, you've done that so done much. That. Um, I know, I know. It's normally a movie. Um, <laughs> But so th this game, whilst I think there's uh, there's a lot of things I, I I feel I feel could have been done better. Like I said at the end of the day, it, the bad, like it doesn't even come close to how much good shit there is to enjoy in this game. Um, and for me, it is it is pretty much nearly perfect. It's definitely one of my favourite games of the year, um, if not my favourite game as of right now. I think, um, which I think you agree with. I'd absolutely agree with that, um, and yeah, and I think that's why Abby's arms are so big. She's bench pressing propaganda and political correctness and trans that's activism. It. So yeah, Abby, <laughs> Abby's uh, Abby's muscles are so big because she's holding up the more visually impressive end of the game, um, <laughs> which is not an easy pill to swallow if you don't like Abby. Um, her section's more fun. I'm sorry, it is <laughs> done. Um, Brutal. 
so that was our opinions on the last of us part two um i hope you enjoy listening to this pod but come back on wednesday for doctor who yay <laughs> yeah um <laughs> all right thank you very much for listening guys all right yeah thanks see you, bye. See you later bye <laughs> <laughs> we need a better ending to these pods we really do another happy pod another happy pod ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.